0: The folks over at Buddha Board were kind enough to send over a couple samples for me to review. And if you're unfamiliar with the Buddha Board, it provides a Zen like painting experience for individuals with anxiety, depression, autism, or anyone who simply wants to relax. It was inspired by the Zen idea of living in the moment. You simply paint on the surface with water and a bamboo brush and watch your creation come to life. The Buddha Board is a screen free way to help you practice being in the moment. There are no rules, no requirements. You simply fill the brush with water and paint away. Once you relax into the process, you'll feel your worries slipping away and disappearing, just like the water on your tablet. From work emails and school projects to your Instagram feed and Wordle, how much time do you spend glued to a screen? This is a way to give your devices and your brain a break, and recharge your mental batteries with the help of the Buddha board. The Buddha board comes in a couple of different sizes. There's the Mini, the Enzo, and the Original. The Enzo is the one that has definitely uh, become very popular in my house. In fact, it's something that my six-year-old son has requested to take in the car now whenever we're going to have a long drive. So instead of asking to be on his tablet or somebody's phone, playing a game, watching a video, watching YouTube, something like that, he'll actually engage with the Buddha board. He'll start to paint and draw. And it's a clean way of him doing that. There's not going to be any mess in the back of the car. It's really just this wonderful mindfulness tool that everyone in the house has embraced. Uh, For more information about the Buddha board... You can hear my son in the background. He's pretty excited about this. Um, For more information, you can go to BuddhaBoard.com. Thank you for listening to the following film's podcast. Today I'm joined by Jocelyn Donahue to discuss her latest film, Off Season. The film is about a woman who quickly returns to the isolated offshore island where her late mother is buried after receiving a mysterious letter that her mother's gravesite has been vandalized. When she arrives, she discovers that the island is closing for the off-season, with the bridges raised until spring, leaving her stranded. One strange interaction with the local townspeople after another, she soon realizes that something is not quite right in this small town. She must unveil the mystery behind her mother's troubled past in order to make it out alive. Off-season will be in select theaters, on-demand and digital, on March 11th. Thank you to Bookmans for sponsoring the show, and thank you to Fort Worth for letting me use their song at the end. Hope you enjoy. Thanks.
1: Hi, Christopher.
2: Hey, Jocelyn. How are you today?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
2: Good. I'm very good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
2: Um, I, I just got to say right away that I really enjoyed Off Season. Have you had a chance to watch it yet?
1: Yeah, we we premiered at South by Southwest last year. Um, and, yeah, it's been doing the, some other festivals um, up until now, but very excited that we get to have a theatrical and VOD release next week.
2: Yeah. it's um, the, oh God, man, this is something that I absolutely wish I would have had the chance to see with a large group of people, because when I saw this, there's very few times that I will actually laugh out loud uh, (laughs) on a screener, and it has my name across the bottom of it. But there's a moment in this film that might be the hardest I've laughed at anything in um, which this movie is not a comedy by any stretch, but there's a moment oh, where, I
1: know, I'm so curious. Um, I'm so
2: curious there, the it, is. This is like the most specific thing to start with, and I apologize for that. But there's a moment <laughs> in, I guess it would be chapter two, um, when you guys walk into that bar, and there's this gentleman, the way that he dances, the choice that he made as yes. an actor, I could put that on a loop. Like, I never see things that I want to create a gif out of. That is the moment right there <laughs> that will be in my head for
1: you yes. to come. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he was perfect. That was a very Twilight Zone moment.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. In, in a very, and that's a beautiful thing about this, in a very Twilight Zone Ask a picture. This is the kind of—it's not distracting in that way. This is the type of film that could go in mm. any number of directions, and I really love that about it. And um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what attracted you to this, because this is something where I—you I, know—your work. You seem to be involved in a lot of performance leaning genre stuff that is pretty rare, actually. Um, that have a very specific time that they take period uh, take place in. And kind of harken back to a type of filmmaking that isn't really happening anymore, and in a way, they become timeless, if that makes sense. So I think of, like, the work with Ty West, and I think of, like, the um, Dr. Sleep with Flanagan and this, and it's just, like, they, these are all films that could have been made 20 years ago or 20 years from now. They feel evergreen.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know what you mean and I feel so lucky that I've gotten to work with directors who are such cinephiles like that <laughs> and, and especially, you know, Mickey on this film yes. wanted to create something that was timeless, but kind of also out of time, you know, like you don't know when this is um, and it's because it's this, there's this weird logic that he created, this this mythology of the place and then, you know, this nightmare logic of we don't know what's real, you um, and things don't make sense or add up. So, yeah, those things can kind of exist um, in any in any time period.
2: And there's something that you kind of touch on a little bit there where I really almost feel like you could go through, I don't want to give anything away, but you could really go through every detail of this film and not give it away because the, it's the <laughs> way that... ...kind of secret to this movie. I think the way that the information is dulled out and the order that you're given all the pieces is really, this is very precise filmmaking.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's true. There's something like a, there's like a trail of breadcrumbs, you know, that, and I think on repeat viewings, maybe you'll catch more, um, that does get revealed slowly through the exposition, and, and you're kind of going through it with Marie as well, you know, she's, this dawning, this realization, like, we're we're going through it with her. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely a, trans, a transformation where we're seeing what's normal devolve into the abnormal, <laughs> um, and, you know, her having to go from being skeptical from what seems beyond belief is now undeniable, and that the only way she can deal with it is to accept it.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely, and you're, but at the same time, this is, completely told from your point of view but at the same time it's you're not sure how much as an audience how much we can trust you um we don't know Mm -hmm. where your emotional or psychological you know state is right now while we're watching it at different times that this is taking place and it's kind of just but you're still compelled as an audience i think to follow you in this journey to figure out what the hell is going on here
1: hmm yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's true. You know, she's, she's still reeling from her mom's death. We, we know that, you know, her mindset is, she thinks she's coming down here, down south to, to take care of some tasks that she needs to do. And meanwhile, what she really has to do is, is confront the horror of a family secret that she <laughs> didn't know was there until her mom passed away. So it, it turns into a much bigger, uh, you know, a much bigger can of worms.
2: Well, that's something that I think is completely relatable um, in a lot of ways. Not to this degree, obviously, but, Uh you know, there's the, as a dad and as a son, you know, I have the -hmm. perception of what my parents are, but I know that I have no real understanding of their lives in a lot of ways. And sometimes there's things that we won't know about them until we're kind of putting together the pieces of their lives after they've passed. And I, I have a feeling, though, there's, I'm absolutely aware that there are sides of myself that I'm presenting to my children that they don't know the full picture. I don't, I don't know that I ever want mm-hmm. them to see the full picture. And I think it does mm-hmm. speak to that in a way that's out, really in a sort of an out of left field relatable way, if that makes sense.
0: Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So this week, when I went into Bookman's, I walked over to the Blu-ray section, to the Criterion section, which is usually where I start when I go in there and I start circling my way around the store. But I didn't get very far uh, this last trip because one of the first things I saw was the Criterion Blu-ray for Foreign Correspondent. If you're not familiar with the film, it's a Hitchcock film from 1940. Of course, it's black and white, and it's a spy thriller about a a reporter who goes to Britain uh, to uncover spies uh, right before World War II uh, breaks out. And this is a really fun film that I think deserves to be recognized amongst Hitchcock's better uh, spy thrillers. So you put it up there with North by Northwest and other films like that. I feel like it's been overshadowed by Rebecca because that year when this came out, Rebecca and Foreign Correspondent both came out that same year and both were nominated for Best Picture um, in the Oscars and Rebecca ended up winning. The only other director that I can think of that's done that had two films nominated for Best Picture in the same year was Francis Ford Coppola. I think that The Conversation and Godfather 2 were up in the same year. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. I guess I could go ahead and fact check myself right now, but I'm already recording, so screw it. I'm just going to gonna run with it. And I don't think any other director has done that. If I'm mistaken on that, please let me know. I'd like to know who the uh, third one is to do that. And. This is one of the things I love about going into bookmans because this is a film that I've been wanting to pick up this particular Blu-ray for quite a while now, and there it was. I was so happy to see it and dove right into it when I got home that night, uh, something my wife had never seen. She really enjoyed the movie. This is not the type of film that she really goes for normally, so if you haven't seen Foreign Correspondent, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. De- definitely check it out. And that's the great thing about going to Buckman's because you're always going to find something there um, that you wouldn't wouldn't expect, something you wouldn't anticipate. Just go in there and kind of like I do and I start circling around the store where I'll start in the Blu-rays and I'll go over to the vinyl and start working through the books and the rare books. And I'll go over and find a puzzle for my wife or come around and look for uh, some housewares, things like that. Might even find some electronics or speakers. And I mean, really... There's always something cool there. And remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I mean, you know, ultimately, Marie's mom was trying to protect her, you know, by keeping the secret. Um, But uh, yeah, secrets have a way of (laughs) revealing themselves. So (laughs) especially uh, supernatural ones. (laughs) (laughs) For sure.
2: And could you talk a little bit about working with Mickey? Because I think he's one of the most interesting filmmakers working right now that um, people are starting to figure it out. But if you look at each one of the films he's put together, he's doing something completely unique and different with each one of these. And I'm really kind of I'm on board for anything that he does next. So could you talk a little bit about, about working with him and kind of what led you to want to work on this particular project?
1: Yeah, I mean the things that you highlighted are are some of the reasons I wanted to work with him too. It, you know, each of his films are just so inventive and um, you know playful mm-hmm. and distinct. And um, he's just a very passionate and creative. You know, he wants to break rules. He wants to to push the boundaries. Um, so he's kind of serious about film and playful at the same time because he really just wants to. He loves what cinema can do and. You know, whether that's, there, there's so many things I got to do as an actor in this film because of his approach, you know, including, like, a monologue straight to camera or, you know, walking, the motif of Marie kind of walking into focus, um, which I loved as kind of a metaphor for, as, like, things become clearer and clearer to her throughout the film, or or the, the bigger set pieces or, of, um, you know, running through the, the empty town or um, the special effects creature stuff that we got to do. I just think he has a real feel for how to create cinematic moments, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, I love that he has such a strong sense of visual style to each film, um, so, yeah, meeting him and talking about how he wanted to make this, what it was going to look like and the tone and the atmosphere and the weird mythology of the place, that was int- what was intriguing to me. Oh, I
2: mean, the, this movie is absolutely dripping with atmosphere. There, there is so, this mm-hmm. movie is so dense for what I assume was a fairly uh, small budget film, but it, it just, if you can, it's just from that opening moment, like, you know, you're talking about the idea of addressing the camera directly, and you're breaking the fourth wall right off the bat with this. In mm-hmm. most uh, horror, thriller, supernatural type films, you don't start with a four-minute monologue facing the audience, and I think that it's really, you really kind of right away, you get, if this makes sense, the thing that turned me on to films initially, I'm a theater guy, and so there's an element in this movie that does have that, like, black box feeling, where you're just watching performers do their thing, and it's just absolutely, I think, this is a highly stylized movie, but I think it's all in support of performance at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, that's so cool that you say that, and I, I definitely felt that way um, in my scenes with Melora. Um, I got, you know, Marie as a character gets to, like, bounce off of all these different energies of these different characters, and so my scenes with, you know, my mom and Melora Walters is such a powerhouse, to, like, just to get to, to to be in a room and have so like, she has just, she's like a live wire, you know, you just. You're, you're feeding off of her, and she's so generous and so present. And so I did feel like that was very theater-esque. And then, you know, with Joe Swanberg, um, who comes from, you know, quote-unquote yeah. mumblecore background, like, the the scenes with him, which were more intimate, and, um, you know, also his instincts as a director. Like, he's he was just so great to share scenes with uh, and a totally different vibe. And then with Richard Brake, who's, you know, such such a commanding um, presence, you know, to, to get to have like these kind of like the space off with him, I, you know. I just got to as an actor do some things I never got no, to do no,
2: before. I, I think you you kind of capture that really beautifully right there. Something I hadn't really thought about, um, but as you're saying this, it absolutely hits home that you're kind of experiencing multiple films at once with this, where you kind of, depending on the characters that you're interacting with, you kind of have these different almost vignettes. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, here's the scene they're walking into right now. This is going to have a totally different feel to it. And just even the way that you're playing with each other and the performance, the style of it, it all fits together somehow, but they are totally, they can be very different. And I, I... this is a hell of an emotional ride to sit through this film, and I really dug it, and um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it again, and I, this is one of those ones I want to share with people right away. So um, what, next week, people will be able to see it. Is that is that correct?
1: That's right. Yep, next uh, Friday, March 11th, it will be out on VOD and Select Theaters. Um, we're so excited about that. Thanks to Shutter and RJ, no, this
2: is This is one of the good ones, and you've done some incredible work so far in your career, in your very young career, that you have mm-hmm. a, two or three films already that are pretty much, as far as I'm concerned, undeniable, that are, you know, that if we're sending 100 movies into space to kind of show what um, <laughs> what genre movies can be, you've already chalked off a couple of those, so I mean, it, it's a real honor to speak with you, and I, I'm glad that I got to speak with you about this oh,
1: film, wow
2: because so, I had a lot of fun with it. And,
1: Oh, Christopher, thank you. That means so much. This I really appreciate so that. that. I
2: didn't geek out about House of the Devil the entire time, which is literally that movie <laughs> has been running around in the back of my brain for like the last 10 years, and it's something that I think about pretty regularly. And the, the, the whole reason that I watched this film was just because of you, and I'm like, okay, I don't care what this film is as long as I get to talk about that. Didn't even think about it because I love this so much. So thank
1: you very much. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the sweet compliment and the support. Yeah, I'm just so grateful for what that movie led to and yeah, including absolutely. off-season.
2: And, and they, they, they actually, oddly enough, even though there's a huge time in between them, um, they do complement each other very well. I think that would make a hell of a double feature.
1: Yeah, definitely share some themes of isolation <laughs> and uh, and having having to having to resolutely get through a, a, a nightmare yeah, that you were
2: Absolutely, so. <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much, Jocelyn. It was a pleasure pleasure to speak with you today.
1: Same here. Thanks, Christopher. Bye.